Chapter 8 Then Him The Shadow I ran past the coffee shop a few blocks away from home. The fresh and overpowering smell of coffee stinging my nose. I'd heard it was an aphrodisiac for some people, but I couldn't attest to it. Ikuba, on the other hand, could drink bucket loads of this thing, in spite of health warnings I'd shared with her. The row of shops on the same line was usually very busy on the weekends. I imagined they were just as busy during the week and attracted a lot of visitors to the neighbourhood. I could see the corner at the end of the road, and as I ran, my mind shifted into overdrive too. Usually running in the morning helped to clear and refresh my mind for the madness ahead, however my brain was still clocked with last night's conversation with Ikuba, and although there had been some semblance of a resolve, we both sensed it would be a while before things got back to normal. The sky was patched with dark grey clouds. They played hide-and-seek with the sun, and as they merged simultaneously, their backdrop clapped very loudly, indicating a heavy downpour brewing. The smell of rain suddenly appeared in the air, but I carried on running, making it to yet another cafe at the end of the road, this time knowing that whatever smell it produced would be suppressed. I turned the corner and immediately realised that there were other people running too. Some had earphones tucked in their ears, attached to either a phone or iPod, and some rucksacks on their backs to add extra weight, although they looked pretty empty. There were some young ladies and middle-aged men running too. I wondered how they'd describe me. Tall, dark, average build, a slight beard and slightly more on his head, and looks like he's carrying the world on his shoulders. Pensive was just right. I just couldn't understand what had happened to Ikuba. She told me that during the trip she had become friends with a few of the attendees and some locals who had offered to show them some sights and invited them to a local karaoke bar. When we got there, I didn't see anyone I knew from our group, she'd said. It didn't look like my kind of scene, but you always tell me to explore different things, so I decided I'd stay. Besides, Nina looked like she was up for some fun. Then Adam showed up with a couple of drinks, said he'd seen us when we entered. She'd explained that Adam was a local cab driver and mostly picked up guests from the hotel they'd stayed at. He was always in the lobby talking to the guests and seemed pretty nice. He'd taken us to a few of the popular sites too, she continued to explain. Anyway, we went with him to his table where a few of his friends sat. They all seemed really nice. I'd been listening intently. We were all having such a good time and talking. Then I heard Ledisi's Bravo. Honey, you know how much I love that song, so I went up to sing. And when I finished, Adam brought me another drink. At this point, the strong, indestructible lady I'd known and loved for nearly four years was now a picture of humiliation. In my heart, I was dejected. I held her and encouraged her to finish her story. I'd only had a couple of glasses of wine and at first I felt tipsy, but then I was wobbly on my feet. I had to sit for a while. Nara had already gone to another bar with one of the guys. It was only across the road, but I was helpless to stop her. I told her that it wasn't a good idea, that we weren't local, not to mention the fact that we didn't know anyone. But she said I was worrying and, and, and left. Adam offered to take me back to the hotel and I couldn't say no because I was in no state to go off on my own. When we got there, he took me up to the room and somehow ended up inside. Next thing I know, he was kissing me and his hands were everywhere. 
I tried to push him away, but he was much stronger than me, and I was weak, I was helpless, I felt overpowered. I was crying out for him to stop. I shouted for help, but my mouth wouldn't open. He kept saying I wouldn't remember anything in the morning, that I would be fine. He spiked my drink, Caleb. She fought back more tears, and so did I. Next, I knew he'd pushed me face down on the bed. I could hardly breathe. Then he pulled my jeans down. Caleb, I was so helpless, and I was scared. I couldn't breathe. I didn't know what else to do. A few seconds later, I heard his zip. Then the door shut. I don't know how I managed, but I got up and I went straight to the phone. I dialed the reception. I wanted to shout rape down the phone. I wanted to scream and ask why nobody came when I called. But again, my mouth wouldn't open. I was in shock and my whole body trembled. I put the phone back down and went instead to the bathroom to shower. Now I didn't even come back until the next morning, but I couldn't tell her, not at that moment. Caleb, Adam had lied. I remembered everything and I, I wish I wouldn't. I wish I hadn't been as trusting as I was and I wish I'd reported it to the police. I continued to run, still in deep thought. I saw a shadow next to me. I ran faster. It too moved quickly to catch up. I ran even faster, still catching my breath every couple of seconds. I felt the energy slowly creeping back. I ran hard with a voice in my head telling me that everything I'd heard wasn't true, but I knew better. Then I looked up. A few meters away was the duck pond near the benches. I'd stop there and start my stretches, I thought. The shadow wasn't giving up. This time, we were neck on neck. We sprinted to the bench, then I slowed down. I could feel my heart pumping so hard I was forced to take a couple of deep breaths. Wow. Are you that competitive all the time? Asked a voice from behind. I turned to it. The shadow. I was hoping to slow down till the end, but I didn't expect a race. I'm Brenda, she said, smiling. I responded. I usually sprint at the end myself. I lied. I'm Caleb. I didn't even see you there. She smiled again. Do you do this every day? I've just moved to the area, so this is my first run out here. I'm looking for other spots to run. Any suggestions? The sky gave its last warning before finally giving way to torrents of rain. And before I could say anything else, she rattled some digits saying, That's my number. Text me where the spots are. She ended with another smile and headed in the other direction. Just for those brief seconds I'd forgotten about Ikuba and the pain and suffering she had told me of. I forgot that all I could do not to punch my way through something out of despondence was to hold her and tell her that we would get through it. I made my way back, this time looking for a shadow even though the rain had taken any traces of it.